another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. And joining me this evening, I have um, a Milwaukee native who currently lives in Atlanta. They are a dancer and burlesque performer. And I am excited to get to know them, their passions, artistry, and why they do what they do. Um, Hollis, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this little experience. <laughs> My God, me too. <laughs> I, I do so many of these little experiences, but they're exciting every time. Yes, I most was like, oh my God, it's a reason for me to like put on clothes while I'm in this quarantine. <laughs> oh, uh, that is felt. I, um, yeah, I, I don't wear pants most of the day. Like I live by myself and I'm not, and uh, I'm mostly unemployed right now. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure most people aren't wearing normal clothes these days. Yes, I, I too am very much so almost naked all of the time within my house. Like I've had to go through my house and put out the blackout curtains to make sure that there's like key privacy now that I'm on the first level. Cause like this comes with my nakedness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. Um, well, uh, how, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing pretty good today. Honestly, it's been a slow start, but Considering I've been stuck in my house for the past mm, 10 days because my partner has the COVID. Um, I just on my own schedule of needing to do nothing <laughs> and deciding what I'm going to really do with that time is a pleasure to just sit there and think I'm going to do things and then do none of them. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I believe. That's also some real uh, quarantine shit where you like develop like an agenda for yourself, but take your sweet ass time doing that agenda. Um, yeah, I like I feel like the only thing that's pushing me into like doing all these episodes right now is the fact that like it's on someone else's time, too, and not just on my own. And that like incentivizes me to like get off my ass, you know? That is definitely the only motivator that I <laughs> that I ever have. If it's me on my own doing something for myself, I'm like, ah, another day, week, month, <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sorry to hear uh, about your partner with COVID. Uh, is your partner at least doing okay right now? Um. I mean, I would say they sleep about 16 hours of the day, and when they're up, um. I have like few symptoms but you know I'm dealing with what I can hear through the door that's how we communicate even though we have technology and we could FaceTime text call we're still just doing that old school yelling through the phone or yelling through the door um but he's doing better than I expected considering everything that we've read um but still I don't want to touch it so we're staying as far as part as possible in this house for sure um, yeah, I saw your Facebook status that you've tested negative, um, which is which is good. But yeah, uh, well, it sounds like you're handling the situation really as best as you can. Um, I do hope uh, your partner uh, has a speedy recovery. Um, yeah, but um, well, uh, real quick, Hollis, um, how, how do you feel about uh, sparkling water? 
It's disgusting. It's the worst thing that I've ever tried to drink. I would rather have um in my you mouth. You said what? You'd rather oh. have what? Malort. The worst liquor. Oh. I'd rather have Malort in my mouth than have sparkling water. It just doesn't sit right with me. It makes me feel weird. I don't like it. <laughs> oh man, that's that is a low blow. Um <laughs> hey, each, each your own note. Uh, just don't mind me while I'm drinking my watermelon bubbly right now. And I'm, see, watermelon is one of my favorites. And I've tried that flavor to be like, well, it's watermelon. Maybe I'll like it. And I still, mm. Mm, nope. <laughs> but I also don't even like the carbon in soda. Like, I'm the type of person that will open a soda and then leave it for, like, a day. So it, like, flattens out a little bit. Oh, yeah. I actually used to do that when I was little. Like, I used to, for some reason, really like, like, flat Coke. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but I just did. Um, yeah, I'm, but now, like, I'd say I'm kind of the opposite. I really like the carbonation, but I don't like the excess sugar. Um, so I just, you know, I'll take the, I'll take the, the carbonation that has, like, you know, the 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 vibes of a flavor, but not the actual flavor. I'll take that. Okay, I get that. <laughs> yeah, but once once again, teach their own. Um, so Hollis, what we talk about a Mister Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity, and uh, uh, so we've never met in person. This is our first time actually meeting which is always uh, exciting and interesting. Um, I meet a lot of people through this show these days. Um, but um, I, I've like been familiar with you for a little while now. Um, I know we, we know like a lot of uh, mutual, we have like mutual friends. Um, you went to a uh, high school of the arts, right? Yes, I did. Oh yeah, I, I know uh, uh, a good handful of arts people, um, but um I've uh, so I've been seeing like you know your your um, videos that you like you dance um, and uh, you've had some uh, um, virtual shows I've been seeing that you've been doing those lately which is uh, exciting we'll talk about that um, but we'll start with um, so Hals what did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid I feel like the biggest thing that stuck with me that I wanted to be was something in the art spectrum, whether it was a dance teacher, which I ended up going to college for, didn't finish, but I went to college for it, and or owning a arts, a performance arts studio slash space that could cater to all of these different facets that I had added into my life as a child and continued um and feel like there always can be more spaces like that and I knew I wanted spaces like that for me that I felt really comfortable in that were diverse and inclusive even as a child knowing like I was in wider spaces and I didn't feel comfortable trying to express my own art form um so that always stuck with me I also, for a while, wanted to be an equestrian. <laughs> um, oh, nice. I was definitely a horse girl growing up. Um, like an inner city kid, but like still had like 
horseback riding. I would go to summer camp and my specialty would be horseback riding. And then I would teach at Girl Scouts and I was a horseback riding person. So like it always stuck there too. Um, so I, th I feel like I manifest a lot of my childhood things and they just stick because I... I'm sure there were other fleeting things. Like for a time I was like, I want to be a cop. <laughs> Thank God I decided not to ever pursue that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, those are like more fleeting things. Whereas dance was definitely the like center point that stuck forever. And then um, horses in the background. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, hey, hey, horses are dope. I fuck with horses. Um, <laughs> Oh, your entire life story. The second you like touch them on their face, it's great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I um, yeah, I like. It's kind of cliche to say, "Oh, horses are majestic creatures," but really, they are fabulous, stunning, and just gorgeous creatures. Um, it's one of those creatures that you look at and you're like, "Oh, that is an odd-looking animal," but they're so just stunning and uh I've, I've been horseback riding a few times growing up but um would love to do it again you know um as an adult I haven't done it as an adult and and do you like do you still uh you know get to uh, hang out with horses uh, from time to time yeah so up until my teen years my aunt had a horse so like I was able to like really have that good close experience with the horse but now as an adult that doesn't happen anymore but I still find time to... no I always have the time I still find <laughs> the want to go hang out with horses and I find these cute little trail rides that are around in any of the suburbs I was supposed to go on one for my birthday but it was raining so I didn't get to go but there's this one beautiful one at Camp Anakiji and my mom and my aunt went just last week for a nice little COVID date with each other. And they're up through the woods with all the leaves turning. And I'm just like, oh, I need that experience again. I totally just miss riding on out to the top of the hilltop, looking around, petting your horse. It's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, well, that's exciting. That's good that you got to do that. <clears throat> um equine therapy or something like that like yes yeah 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 shout out to equine therapy mm -hmm. um, so um when did you uh when did you start uh dancing um my mom put me in dance at a very young age like I started in all the you know pre-ballet classes in Milwaukee Recreation um, and eventually she like realized that, that it was something that I really, really enjoyed doing and it was worth the money to invest in getting me into something that would actually help develop my skills. So I would say probably around five or six or so, she got me started in the Milwaukee ballet and then city ballet. And it just became a key part of my life that it was routine. I was at dance class. My hair is going to get combed out and put up into a bun. I was going to wear it to school all day because I have dance class. Then every single school I went to was an art school. So it just, it was this continuous thing throughout my life um, that I could turn to. And it didn't need to necessarily be in a dance class either. I had the luckiest experience growing up 
in a nice big home that I could clear out the living room or the dining room and like have excess space to dance in or make believe or play whatever I wanted to do but it was typically throw on costumes that my mom got me at the thrift store that I loved so much and dance around and make some choreography oh god I remember spending like hours and hours listening to the same soundtracks and just choreographing I had the whole Lion King musical choreographed <laughs> I had almost every InSync CD choreographed. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely started really young with it, and it it became a passion very quickly. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like um, you you developed like an instinctual like uh, like um, creativity with it from a young age. You know, with uh, yeah, the all the thing the things that you know we grew up with, like Lion King and Insync and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember my sister. Um, she used to like. She was obsessed with Britney Spears when, like, I was like four or five, and she used to like you know make her own lyrics to like Britney Spears songs, like, um, uh, "Oops, I Did It Again." You know, she used to like. <laughs> Do her own versions of the song like with her like best friend like, thinking about that now it's like damn like it's pretty cool that like a kid can like you know take something into their own hands like that um and the same would go for of course choreographing to the entire soundtrack of lion king um so um you uh so you did it like all through um like middle school and high school as well right Yes, elementary, middle, high school, college. It was the focal point of my entire everything else. There was so much else that was tied into it. Choir, musical theater, kids from Wisconsin, all these things like went around and somehow dance was still tied into it. I'd be doing a choir concert and they'd be like, Hollis, we don't need you to sing this piece. We want you to do a dance to it. And I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> Um, where'd you uh, go to college? I went to UW Milwaukee. Oh, sure. So yeah, what was what was uh, the dance program like at UWM? Dance program at UWM. Honestly, I look back on it, and I was, I so wish that I would have started later, or like was in a place in my life that I was really ready to be dedicated to the program because it was a great program. They had awesome teachers that like really focused on each student's individual necessities and still had like this overall health in their dance classes like it it wasn't it was not a toxic environment which is really difficult to say for most dance places in that era um it was it was honestly very healthy. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. Um, there, one of my favorite things is that their dance history program was not completely whitewashed and they really diversified their teaching. Um, and they had a really great African diaspora course. And so those things made me really excited about it and I loved it. Um, 
I loved knowing that, you know, the parts of college that I hated, like math class and English and whatever, I would be over with it in a matter of an hour and then be in my major doing exactly what I loved. And so it was a great release um, when I did take the opportunities for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's awesome. Um, so in the way it's like structured, like, do you have, did you, do you have like an area of focus, like a particular kind of dance that you like kind of focus on in the program? Um, unless you're on the African Diaspora Act, you're kind of really learning everything when it comes to dance. And then because I was a dance education major, I was also headed into more of that educational track as well. So I definitely had an overhaul of everything. Um, I think when it gets to your like junior, senior year, that's when it's more like, okay, you're on the performance track. You're going to start creating and like choreographing for your peers and creating pieces to go out in front of the public versus where I was. And it was like, okay, you're going to gear up to go hang out with children, <laughs> which is what I've done my entire life. So I was, I was ready for it, but didn't get that far because it just wasn't, the rest of college wasn't for me. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's okay. It's not for everybody, for sure. Um, what uh, would you end up doing uh, after you uh, left college? So essentially I dropped out of college to chase a toxic romance and chase my dream of creating a career out of burlesque. And so I had been in the Bruce V bombshells for about maybe a year and a half, two years in Milwaukee. And I was like, okay, I wanna, you know, I wanna really go somewhere and shine and like have this be something I can make money off of because I enjoy doing it. Um, so I moved to Chicago and I joined uh, at the time what was the biggest and most well-known voted number one in Chicago burlesque troupe, which was Vodzilla. And I really gave it my all. And they had this really different process that you'd go through where you were like a vixen at first, which means you were just uh, more like ensemble to the cast. You were learning, you were involved in the shows to really learn the structure, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually I got into the main cast. and. It, it was everything that I wanted. It was that career that I was looking for because I was performing at minimum once a week, but usually twice a week. I was teaching dance classes twice a week, three classes a day when I was doing it. Um, I was doing photo shoots and getting calls, emails to do things for other companies. Like it was really just fast rolling. And I remember my mom saying, this makes up for you not finishing college. And I was like, great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so um, that, was, that was my biggest time in burlesque for sure, because I am a procrastinator for sure. I'm really bad at emails. I'm really bad at asking 
to be in someone's show, <laughs> especially when it's not like just an audition. It's like you literally just reaching out to someone and being like, hey, I like what you're producing. I would like to be with you in the future. Doesn't seem like that be that hard, but I, for some reason, had this wall. So being in that troupe was so good for me because they were actively finding you shows to be in. They're literally your agent and your manager. <laughs> so I loved it. It was so great. Um, eventually I got this, well, when I first moved there, I continued doing everything with children. So I was like a nanny for special needs children specifically. Um, I worked in a couple of nonprofits that were focused on getting teens their first job and, um, some art stuff, of course. Um, and then eventually I wound up in a spot where I needed a job <laughs> and I was like, Hey friend, help me get a job. And it was one of my burlesque friends. She had worked at this shop that was like an alternative slash sex shop. Um, and it like worked perfectly into my burlesque life so like it was like 24 7 Zara style like literally my name tag for work had my burlesque name on it no one knew my real name all my email was just straight to that like I was a whole new person living up the life wearing corsets running around with boas I was like yes burlesque is life <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's dope oh yeah um what was your uh burlesque name or is it is zara estelle nice cool um how where did it come from so uh, when i had auditioned for the bombshells and they got i had got in i was like okay i need a stage name now and you know i tried for the longest to like figure out a kitschy cute name that like had like some sexiness but also craft and I'm just not that person and I'm not that clever. <laughs> so I decided instead to just rename myself as like the essence of what I'd want to be. So I went through all the baby naming websites oh, and yeah. I landed on two names that I liked a lot. And I wasn't thinking Zara as a first name and Estelle as a last name. There were just two names that really stuck out and the meaning behind Zara is a star or is radiance and Estelle is stars. And I was like, radiant star. I was like, ah, it is written. <laughs> oh yeah. You're just, you're just twinkling, you know? <laughs> so uh, how it came about. And I really liked it because it also is, it, I knew it was multi-purpose. It wasn't necessarily something that was always going to have to be burlesque it could be just a whole nother persona period end of story no questions asked and I was like this is this is it this is me now <laughs> yeah oh cool um well I guess that can uh we can uh back up a little bit and I'd love to hear just kind of like what got you interested in uh burlesque uh to begin with um so the story goes I was teaching a ballet class for adults through Milwaukee Recreation. And um, I had quite a few people in my class ranging in ages from probably 23 to 60 something. And 
I always start my introductions to my semester with like who I am, um, therefore giving my age and where I go to college. And I went out underage drinking at a dive bar in River West and um, I got like a tap on my shoulder or something and I turn around and I see one of my students and I'm like, oh my goodness, don't tell on me. Um, and that student was someone that you actually previously interviewed, V. Valentine. Okay. Um, yes. So V and I got to talking and she was like, you should audition for my burlesque troupe. And I was like, burlesque, what's that? Stripping? Like, I'm not going to be a stripper. Like, I do nothing about it. And she was like, come, come check out this, my burlesque show. It was, I believe it was their Halloween show. Um, or maybe one right for that, whatever. Um, and so I checked it out with two pals of mine and we had such a good time. It was so much fun. We were losing our minds. Um, and I was like, oh, I could totally do this. I can totally do this. And so I go home to my mom <laughs> and I tell her about it. Cause I was, I was probably like 19 at the time. Um, and my mom and I have always had a really good close to her relationship. So I was like, hey mom, like there's this whole burlesque thing what do you think about it? And she's like, if you want to do it, let's do it. <laughs> so we went out to the tool shed, picked up some pasties, put together an act with costumes that I already have for my dance life and literally just repurposed some dances that I already had choreographed to be burlesque. Um, my mom went to my audition with me and we had a great time. I stripped, <laughs> she was proud of me. I got the job, it was great. <laughs> and so it, it wasn't until a little later that I'd realized that one of those childhood hopes and dreams did come true through burlesque because I remember being maybe a preteen, maybe 11 or so and being like, I wanna be a professional stripper, but not a stripper stripper that like just strips on a pole. Like I wanna wear luxurious costumes and have an act and dance. And like, that's literally what burlesque was for me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> ta-da. Hell yeah, that's cool. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome know that you manifested it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I. Shout out to the Tool Shed, definitely. Yes, major um, the Tool Shed. I love them. I love their products. I love their employees. They're one of the so, great. But um, also, yeah, of course, shout out to the Bombshells. Uh, had uh, uh, several of them on the show um, at this point. And uh, it's always fun to hear their, like, stories, like, how they individually, like, got, you know, involved in, in, uh, the, the, in the scene. And um, yeah, it's, it's, they're always super fun and like bubbly and just like, uh, um, yeah, just uh, really awesome to hang out with. Anyway, uh, so what brought you to uh, Atlanta? Um, so I had gone to Atlanta about three years ago um, for Pride Fest and Afropunk with my two best friends. And we had just fallen in love with the city. And I was like, this, I 
actually, that's a lie. That wasn't my first time. It was <laughs> a few months before with an ex of mine. Anyways, I still enjoyed it and I loved it. I had a good time. But when I went to them, I was like, I need to live here. This is Black Mecca. Everywhere I go, Black people are out enjoying themselves, smiling. Doesn't matter what track of life they're from. They're, they have some more positivity going on than what I had been around. Um, and I wanted some of that. And so I spent <laughs> two and a half, three years convincing my old job that they needed to open up in Atlanta and manifested the fuck out of that. <laughs> Literally talked about it all the time with all of my friends, all my family, with the owners of the company, everyone, everyone was on board and I manifested it and I got my dream and I don't work there anymore, but I'm still in Atlanta and I'm still having a great time. And I think that, you know, shit happens, but at the end of the day, what I was manifesting wasn't, I'm going to go to Atlanta to work for this company. It was, I'm going to move to Atlanta for my life. Like yeah. that was just the thing that helped me get here because it wasn't realistic in my mind to be like, yeah, I'm just going to up and move. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was it was the catalyst. But yeah. but then like whether that job would end up uh you know growing with you or not, you are going to uh continue growing and continue that manifestation um in your own lane, whatever that might be. And I mean I'm I don't regret it whatsoever. I moved here in February, <laughs> which was right before everything's to go downhill and have still I think I enjoy living here even more than I would have because I'm not getting the excess of Atlanta the one the constant traffic <laughs> to the club life that is so like ingrained into Atlanta that I have kind of aged out of and I'm really glad that I didn't have to get sucked into it because that was kind of a part of what I did with my old job was clientele and go out with them and etc so without that whole nightlife scene going on I've really been able to enjoy how beautiful Georgia is I've really been able to experience the good and the bad parts of the weather. I now understand why they shut the city down when it rains. It's torrential, you can't move. <laughs> um, the mountains out here are glorious. Like whether you're looking at it or you're on top of it, the water is always, not always, now it's getting colder, but the water was nice and warm all summer. And like, I was able to find some outdoor activities that were safe that I found so much appreciation for, you know, where I am right now. Um, and I also appreciate the fact that I moved out here with my boyfriend and I have zero friends out here <laughs> and I haven't lost my mind. Like I'm happy being alone-ish, like I have him, but still I'm happy being alone. And like, that's not something that I thought would be easy or I would take well because I was tied to the hips of my best friends for yeah. since the sixth grade. Um, and so this is a big growing experience for me and I, I just love it. I'm so grateful for it. Awesome. I'm happy for you. Um, Thank you. I'm so glad that you are thriving in that uh, 
in this new chapter, despite the uh, inconvenient uh, uh, series of events that has transpired this past year that, you know, you might not be able to enjoy everything in its fullest right now, but at least like, you know, your, your life is there and that, you know, you, you still obviously are working with what you have and that's great. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, for the record, it did uh, snow a little bit this morning here in Milwaukee. All of my friends told me. <laughs> message after message of it's snowing. Like my mom even sent me this picture and was like, it looks like rain, but it's snow. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that just gross shit that falls out of the sky this time of year. Like, yeah, it was like that kind of snow. It was like kind of sleety, you know, but it's all gone now, but still, it's too early for that shit. I wish it would just stay October for just another, you know, week or so. But, like, if I'm recalling it, I remember it snowing last year on or before Halloween. And, like, two years before that, too, I remember standing outside the club and it was snowing on Halloween. And I was just like, this is a terrible decision. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's soul crushing when that happens. I'd love to hear a little bit more about like what your burlesque, burlesque act and like kind of your persona as Zara Estelle is like, what kind of like, what are, what does your act look like? What do you like to do? So I have different facets of myself, but I would say that baseline Zara Estelle is a chapter <laughs> in a book she's the she can be the cold-hearted seductress that everyone's needed like I will walk into someone's life and they'll be like ah you remind me of my ex-girlfriend that I wish I could still fuck but I cannot even get close and I'm like you wish <laughs> um <laughs> I, I really don't smile in most of my acts. I have a very stern, pouty yeah. or going on, which has now changed considering I have glasses in my life and I love my glasses and I can't, I don't wear contacts. So it's either try to look sexy with my glasses on or look like I have no eyes or take the glasses off and stumble around blind. So, it, but either way, I'm not smiling most of the time. Um, but then I also have this other side that uses a lot of my musical theater background and I go to the opposite extreme and am extremely happy <laughs> and smiley. And I do a lot of like, um, just big showy dance so like big tap numbers or ballet on point or just the whole dream girls musical like <laughs> yeah. and it'll be very over the top and I think that I have to get to the point that it's over the top smiley for people to understand that this is Zara doing an act versus Zara being herself um Either way, it's usually really, really dancey. I, I call on a lot of my dance technique. Um, 
which I think one of my favorite things of getting out into the burlesque world and traveling and seeing other performers is this theory that I have that almost all black burlesque performers have dance backgrounds. <laughs> they're almost all somehow technically trained and they're not, um, they don't have like kitschy acts. They're just like, I'm talented. Woo. And I'm like, oh, I thought I was unique. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I've grown to appreciate it so much that so many of us have found a way to like use our sensuality and our maybe God-given gifts or technique taught talent. Um, so I use a lot of that. Um, I spent a lot of time training myself on floor work and chair dance and twerking. I taught twerking for a long time. I even came out with like this whole YouTube tutorial that was professionally made um, and it was awesome. I don't anymore. I don't even think I can twerk anymore. I don't try to, but I also feel like I'm too old in my back, not like in my life, but like I'm just, I can't hit it anymore. I never learned how to myself. I, I would have. I was gonna say if you could teach me how to, that would be dope. But I, I, I wouldn't. If if you, if uh, your back doesn't agree with it, then you know I'll I'll learn from I'll learn from your YouTube tutorial or something. I'll the tutorial for sure. But I mean, I can give you a tidbit right now if you do it with me. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I guess I <laughs> okay so basically you need to bend your knees nice and low and then you need to spread out let's, let's even drop your hands to your knees right. and then this is like a, a what do I call this a spatula and you're gonna try to flip a pancake so you have to give it just a little lift and down lift and down and it's really more in letting it go back down than having it come back up. So you go up, down, up, down, up, down, up. Okay. Okay. Have right. on, have on shorts. <laughs> up, 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 up. And that's your basic pop. And then from your pop, you can like literally just shake it out and just feel the booty jiggle, releasing the wiggle. That's the most important part. Shake, 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 shake. Yes, <laughs> that's all you can get out of me today. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, uh, I think the, that's, that's the closest, like, I've ever come to actually, like, you know, getting it right. So thank you for showing me that. I'm going to try to keep that spatula technique. Uh, that, um, that's definitely one of my biggest things is teaching through metaphors and like I'll find the weirdest ways to connect with people but um yeah I love it the most important thing about twerking is really just letting go and it took me a long time to learn that because of my ballet background and everything else I was so stiff it wasn't until I took a belly dance class at my studio that like I really understood how to like shake things away and like love the fact that my body is jiggling because before I was like oh my god no fat phobia and it really 
had me understand why my body moves the way it moves, Mm -hmm. respecting the fact that it does that, respecting the jiggle and the wiggle. And then all of a sudden I was able to twerk. I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) That is, that's awesome. Uh, Thank you for showing me um, how to twerk. I'm going to keep practicing, keep practicing. I'll let you know for sure <laughs> hell yeah I'll, I'll let you know my progress um <laughs> but yeah and you bring up belly dancing and that's another example of like I don't know how to like I, I've never had any dance instruction or anything so and I've all I love to dance but I've always only danced playing off of like my awkward and uncoordinatedness but part of it kind of like what you were just kind of demonstrating with twerking is like kind of like um you're you're paying attention to certain muscles and like certain parts of your body and uh, like um concentrating on just the movement there and that's what I've always struggled with like is like the the brain muscle coordination of mine that's gonna take some work i mean it i never even got to the point where i could like move one butt cheek and then the other because that is so much (laughs) mind to body i'm over here like trying to do it i'm like am i wiggling my ears instead like (laughs) what's going yeah for real that that shit throws me off but we'll get there maybe we'll see um but anyway, that hope pe- people will enjoy that. I, I can't wait to write in the description that you t- taught me how to twerk. <laughs> um, so uh, that being all said, uh, I guess that leaves us to uh, what have you been up to since quarantine? Um, I like mentioned before. Um, I know you've had some like virtual shows of sorts, and I'd love to hear kind of like yeah, like what what you have been up to. Yeah. Um, well, when it comes to the burlesque side of things, I've been doing some virtual classes, um, some that that are like with big groups and some that are just personal. Um, I love them either way, but my preference is on personal because people can really learn exactly what they want to learn on their own time they can kind of have an option of what music is going to be used or we choreograph to. And it's just, it's so much more easier when you're doing it on virtual to have one person than 10 (laughs) to like scroll through. Um, And then I also just recently last week did um, a virtual show with one of the people that I used to be in a troupe with uh Aunt Nance and it was a great experience of self (laughs) knowledge of who I am still um I still couldn't bring myself to like actually choreograph I don't choreograph things I I improvise most of the things I do I know in my head what I want to do but I don't actually choreograph it so I didn't do that I was gonna pay to have someone record it. I was gonna do it outside around my lake. Like it was gonna be dope. They weren't able to do it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to ask my boyfriend to do it. 
we ran out of time. He couldn't do it for me. He went off to Milwaukee. I was like, okay, I got to do this on my own. And I literally sat there with the camera set up, all of my props, and I did it maybe four or five times looping it. And I was like, this is really terrible. I hate this. I hate not having the actual burlesque experience one i'm standing here worried about is my head getting chopped off <laughs> can you see my footwork um i don't know if my tricks are like truly hitting because i don't have an audience to be like oh my god yes take it off like literally it feels so awkward to just dance to yourself in like a not rehearsal way like full-blown makeup theatrics persona I'm just like this is weird but I I sent it out to two of my friends well one of them was my partner and I was like is this horrible like should I submit this like is this acceptable because people are doing like takes and they have like different areas in their house they've got props they're doing they're making a whole movie out of this and mine is just a straight shot of me dancing I don't feel good about myself they're like what are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking about this is great this is a vibe this is that and the other and I'm like okay fine I'm gonna submit it and then I was so anxious so anxious when we were doing the actual watching of the show together um because it's this experience with all of your audience and then she's hosting and doing a great time and then they play your act and it finally gets to my act and that's when it like virtually felt real because you're still not getting the yes like you're not getting the reactions verbally but you're seeing all these comments come through and you're seeing the hearts and i'm just like oh, i'm still a performer yeah yeah yeah, yeah do okay this wasn't terrible <laughs> and um it was refreshing it was really refreshing to know that I can get anxious I wouldn't say stage fright because I've I really have never had stage fright in my life and because there was no audience there for me to be scared of <laughs> I'm gonna say it still wasn't stage fright but literal anxiousness of like is this new form of what I'm doing good enough and I never had that when I was teaching my classes because I knew it was good enough. You're, you're getting me in my home. I'm with you in your home. We're relating versus all of a sudden I got to put on a show. So it was a good humbling experience for me. I'm really happy that I did it. Don't know if I would reach out to other people to be like, hey, book me for a virtual show because I know it gives me that anxiousness. But um, the options are there. Um, this next week, Halloween, yeah, Halloween is this week, literally, yeah. um, my next test continues to come out negative. Um, I'll be performing live for the first time in Atlanta at this outdoor performance, um, that has a stage. I've seen the venue cause I went to a protest there. <laughs> um, and so I'm really, I'm honestly very excited about it. I know that they take it very seriously, um, with like the masks and everything. So I still feel like it's going to be a protected event. Um, but it's going to be my first time, you know, really connecting with these people and having the opportunity to like meet real people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, people I work with. <laughs> yeah, that's that will be um, a breath of fresh air. I bet. Yeah. Good. So, 
that's what I've been up to burlesque-wise. Other than that, um, I've been getting really in touch with my personal spirituality. I think it's the biggest thing that has gotten me through quarantine without like spiraling into a depression. Um, I really have been trying to take a lot of time to do shadow work and unravel a lot of my past toxicity, which I totally blew off for years and acted like didn't exist and like I wasn't a terrible person at one point in my life. Um, and now I'm spending time, you know, getting to know why I was that person and trying to never be that person again. Um, I've been really trying to connect with my dad who passed away about four years ago or so um, and find different ways to honor him. Um, and I've been just trying to find, you know, a little bit of light and hope and things to be grateful for every day to really like push me through this. Like, yes, this sucks, but I have this, this, and this to be grateful for. And really um, using those as my coping mechanisms has been a major turnaround for me. Um, of course, I still get my dark days and weeks and, you know, everything isn't sunshine and rainbows. Um, but I think that being authentic and real with myself, as well as like anything that I put out is the way that I've been handling how terrible things can be. <laughs> and um, I've spent a lot of time talking to other people and it doesn't necessarily, it usually isn't even about COVID or anything that's going on right now. It's about what's going on in their lives and what they want to you know, work on personally and change. And I think that I've come from an introspective space where if I talk about my own things that they're comfortable enough to talk about theirs and we find a mutual ground for them to grow from and I grow from every conversation. And it's been nice because I've been in different contexts, whether it's a FaceTime or randomly messaging someone in a Facebook group. I've had lots of people reach out to me because I'm just like, hey, I'm here, I'm here to talk. Um, and yeah, cooking. <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been chefing it up a little bit too myself. Um, but yeah, um, no, I, I appreciate, um, you sharing all of that and, um, being so honest with yourself, you know, brutally honest with yourself about, um, about growth and about, um, kind of what you said, shadow work. Um, that's a term I've identified with a lot myself, uh, especially in quarantine. Like you kind of, my therapist always told me like, you know, when you, when you don't have anything to keep you stimulated or like a, you know, as many social catalysts as you normally do, you sit here and you, it's very easy to dwell on your problems or dwell on your own toxicity and and it's important to verbalize that and not only with like you know a, with friends family therapist or but especially yourself be honest with yourself yeah like about hey I don't want to be 
Like I want or like I want to be a different person on the other side of this quarantine or of this year. Um, as hard as it's been, I want to be. I want to like you know keep being, getting closer and closer to like what I know like I'm fully capable of. Um, and so I've, I I relate to you a lot with that. Um, I've had to, yeah, like unpack a lot of my own shit too and be like wow I fucking sucked <laughs> you know or like I like I was terrible like this time or that time but you know like radical accountability on yourself um it's a very beautiful thing it's hard but yeah um radical accountability but also having radical empathy for yourself too is uh important through all of that and I'm I'm also really happy to hear that you know you've been um, uh, continuing keeping like the the burlesque things going on um, even virtually like doing the classes um, you know having a show um, that it sounds fun I mean it's Halloween so I mean it's uh, it's always great to like live into this time of year in that way and. Yeah, so thank you so much for um, yeah joining me, sharing space with me today to talk about what you do and why you do it. And uh, yeah, you're you're uh, you're you're a great vibe. I I, I think you're a uh, pretty fun house. Thank you. I appreciate that. This was fun. This is good. It's been a while since I talked to someone. <laughs> yeah, it it's helped immensely with just that stir craziness for sure. Um, so as we're closing out here, uh, I ask everyone the same two questions on the way out. First, uh, Hollis, tell me what keeps you up at night? I mean, if I were to answer that honestly, what keeps me up is my cat being in my face and like, she has the fluffiest tail. <laughs> she literally will stick her ass right in your face. Hold on oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> so she'll stick this fluffy ass tail just like right in my face like a feather duster and I, it, that's what keeps me up <laughs> my god she's like a big like snowfall like a snowball she <laughs> really is oh what's her name this is harlow rune <laughs> yeah <laughs> She's not very friendly today. She's like, you tried to give me a bath yesterday. <laughs> yeah. She's like, we're on dirt right now. <laughs> oh, literally. Yeah. Um, well, the second question is what puts you to sleep? Mm. What puts me to sleep is cuddles. <laughs> cuddles with my boyfriend. Soon as I'm like laid up on his chest, like it's done. So we, I could finally get the show that I just wanted to watch on Netflix. And as soon as I cuddle up, <laughs> he knows it's going to be done for within minutes, and he can go back to watching Criminal Minds. <laughs> nice. So the, for me, which is a big part of why neither one of us have been on any type of a sleep schedule in these separate rooms. I've been going to sleep at like 3 a.m. and then waking up at 5. <laughs> just like <laughs> cuddles. Yeah. I, funny you say it. So for the longest time, I could not fall asleep cuddling. I am very like um, 
I'm a very animated sleeper. You know, I move around a lot and like, I'm, I just need to like, I can't be um, like restricted with like my legs or arms or anything. But recently um, I, I've uh, been kind of seeing somebody who uh, is like, I feel like we latch, like we mesh really, really well together. And she's so comfy and cozy. And I've actually been falling asleep cuddling uh, for the first time. Never had, the only other times it would happen would be like when I was like really drunk going to sleep and like sharing a bed with somebody and uh, you know just being really drunk and cuddling like you know sometimes that happens but it's actually happening happening naturally right now which is new to me yes I think one of my favorite things about cuddling with the right person is like when you fit together like puzzle pieces yeah. and then you know that like this is our cuddle position <laughs> it's like bond together to make the big um what was that not Pokemon, Power Ranger to make a big Power Ranger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's uh it is special once you do find that person. Um, yeah, you you start uh, you crave it. What? So, well, Hollis, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. This was fun. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Um, uh, for everyone watching, um. Uh, uh, be sure to uh, uh, look out for um, House's uh, coming uh, burlesque uh, shows uh, whenever they happen. Um, great to see that they're still uh, um, making it work, even in these confusing and chaotic times. And uh, yeah, um, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.